What's up and welcome to episode five of What Lies Beneath, another Seattle Kraken podcast. And whoa, we have got so much to talk about. What the hell is going on with your Seattle Kraken? We'll have the Kraken reaction. We got to talk about that Coyotes game, unfortunately, and the week that was. Uh, some good things that are going on, though, too, as we re- recap the games. We have to talk about what is going wrong. We have to talk about what is working. We also have to talk about probably something that the Kraken team family is doing so well, which is they have unveiled another logo. And we'll explain that. You have to understand what this is. It's it's literally fire. Plus, we have to talk about uh, NHL news, Jack Eichel to Las Vegas. Uh, we have to talk about uh, some awesome tweets from over the weekend. In no dumb questions, this is going to be a tough one. What the hell is minor league hockey all about and how does it work? Uh, we'll figure that out. Plus, that kind of ties into where the hell did the Edmonton Oilers come from? We'll talk about in hockey history, the history of the WHA, which is not what the WHA currently stands for. So a whole bunch of great stuff coming up in this week's episode of What Lies Beneath, a Seattle Kraken podcast. Let's go. Welcome back to episode five. I am Jeff Januzic, and this is my friend and birthday dude. His name is... Joey Cirillo. What's up, man? Dude, so the uh, Seattle Kraken gave you a, a really awesome, stinking heap of a birthday cake. <laughs> On your birthday, they laid an <sighs> egg, and they gave the lowly uh, 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 Phoenix, Arizona Coyotes their only win. Whoa. That was yeah. a good game to miss. Yeah, I'm really glad I missed it. I won't get into too much of the game that I ended up researching because I missed it due to some birthday celebrations. But I will say that I tried to keep track of the game. I saw that at the end of the first period, it was three to one Kraken. And I did the thing where I thought to myself, oh, this is great. They have it in the bag. I can check out and do the birthday thing. Fast forward a couple of hours later, and I'm multiple cocktails deep. I look at my phone and I see the score. The game's over. And I'm so drunk at this point. I just, I thought I was hallucinating. I'm like, there's no way. Like, I couldn't even process process the fact that the Kraken lost this game. And so I kind of just put it in the back of my head and just moved on with the rest of my with the rest of my night. But yeah, it was, uh, it wasn't pretty. And the more research I did into the game, it didn't look good. And again, I know we'll talk about that later. Yeah, it, uh, it was not good. And what we've been saying in this podcast is that if the Seattle Kraken can make it through November, I think if they make it through November at 500 or better, they have a chance at making the playoffs. And so far, that is not looking like a possibility as we are three games into November and they are under 500. So, you know, your birthday was on Saturday night. So happy birthday officially, Joey. Uh, Thanks, I hope man. you had a, a really good time. It sounds like you had a really good time going out in uh, New Orleans. Yes, no, I'm sure it actually sounds like I had a good time because I am on hangover day two. So I am officially of the age where the two-day hangover is very real. The first day is the normal hangover, and then I have the hangover anxiety where I'm just dreading everything. I feel like shit for no reason, even though I didn't do anything bad. And then this is the day where I have the body aches. And by tomorrow, I'm good to go. So it's been a lot of uh, a lot of resting and trying to get back to normal. And the Kraken did not help with that. No, they didn't. Uh, and we're getting to the Kraken reaction. Last thing on your hangover is 
This is the second episode in a row, by the way, that you've had uh, epic hangovers. Now, both both <laughs> both great excuses. You had Halloween weekend, yes. which was last episode in, in New Orleans. It's a big deal. Um, and then you've got your birthday weekend, which is this past weekend. So I will say, though, if you have a third, if you're going to have a hangover hat trick. We might have to have that intervention. So just a heads up. Heads up. Better right. hat trick, me or me or Eberly, if I oh, come to the next podcast hungover shit. Dude, I mean, that's that's what I was going to talk about is, uh, you know, Jordan, welcome to Jor- Jordan Eberly, you know, love uh, Seattle Kraken, uh, is that, you know, he's he's a streaky player and right now he is on fire. You know, Jordan Eberly is on fire, he had a hat trick last week, and the guy just keeps scoring. Um, he is one of your leading scorers for the Seattle Kraken. Where we stand right now uh, in in the Pacific Division is not good. We are sitting at the bottom of the barrel with nine points as of recording uh, this episode. And they are at the very bottom. The Canucks are two points ahead with the Kings tied at 11. The Oilers are way at the top um, with 18 points. The Flames have 17. And so then this is pretty good log jam there in the pack. Um, it's starting It's starting to, to get really tough to look at Edmonton and Calgary and, and they're way out there. You know, Edmonton's nine and one, the flames are seven and one. Um, the Knights are struggling a little bit. They're only at 500, you know, so they lost to the Detroit Red Wings last night, which was a great game. That was fun to watch. Um, but the Kraken, you know, they're, they're not looking great, man. Um, they, they lose to Edmonton last week, which you now we're going back to November 1st. That was, it was Monday night. That was a five, two loss to the Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton. And, you know, that's a great team. The Oilers are, you know, one of the best teams in the league, the top of the division. Um, did you see that goal that Connor McDavid scored against the Rangers over Dude, the weekend? I think, I think the entire world saw that goal. That is one of the few hockey highlights that I have seen that actually made it onto, you know, the the mainstream sports media, like Sports Center, Top 10, if that's still a thing, who knows? Bleacher Report. Um, everybody was sharing it. Yeah, the goal's fucking insane. He's taking on four guys at once. He's dancing between them. His burst, and we talked about this before uh, on last uh, last episode, uh, before we actually had the privilege of playing against him and getting destroyed, was um, was his speed that was on display. I mean, the man is on another level right now. I mean, he quite literally took on an entire an entire team and still was able to score a goal, and he made it look pretty easy. Yeah, that goal was nuts against the Rangers. Uh, did you did you play uh, any NHL games like the EA Sports NHL games at all when you were growing up? Oh man, you know what? Ah, oh, shit, you're kind of catching me off guard here. There was a game that I did play as a kid, but I don't remember the name of it. I just remember the graphics being shit, and there was like three moves you could do. It was like yeah. it was like hit somebody, check them, or shoot the puck, and that's all I wanted to do. But I do remember that when you hit the guy. Like if they hit the ice hard enough, like a pool of blood would actually form around their body. Please help me out. What game was that? That could have been uh, Blades of Steel. Blades of Steel, or and that could have if you if you play Blades Blades of Steel, you you know that that sound. Yeah. Um, that could have been uh, NHL '94. That could have That's been cool. ice hockey. I don't think there was blood in Nintendo's ice hockey, but I brought that up because. You know, when you're playing your friends and there, we had rules with my friends uh, growing up playing the NHL games that like there are certain players you couldn't use back in the day because they were just so good. Um, but like if you started losing and you got pissed, you would just whip out Wayne Gretzky and like do something like Connor <laughs> McDavid did. Like Connor McDavid, 
coming in, he was, he was, they're almost going to be off sides, but he waited and then he comes around and he just like got so pissed and he just went through everybody and scored this goal. It was literally like, it was a video game watching that. So, you know, look, if the Kraken are going to lose to a team and you're going to go, okay, all right, I understand. It's the Oilers on, on Monday, the first, you know, losing yeah. five to two. Um, I mean, they're just so powerful. They look really, really good. And then that takes us to the uh, Sabres game on Thursday night. And that was at Climate Pledge Arena. That game was awesome. You know, the Sabres were actually coming in as a pretty solid team. They're starting to come back down to earth. They started off really hot in, in the league. And they are now starting to really struggle. And I think that game was the start of that struggle with the Sabres. And the Kraken just looked awesome, man. They had a great game. Everything seemed to be buzzing. I mean, the whole team was just all over the place. You watched that game um, from top to bottom. What was your takeaway? Man, this was, and I keep saying it's still early in the season. I need to probably shut up with that. So, But for me, this was the most exciting game. And also, my... I was most impressed by this game. And I actually have to give credit to Joshua Brager. He's a friend of the pod. Um, he's tweeting at us a lot, but he actually called me out because remember I was saying during this three-game stretch, I felt like the Kraken could steal one game, and I was hoping they would come out of it 2-1, and one, but if they weren't 1-2, and two, I would be surprised. And he called me out, and he was like, the Kraken didn't steal this game. They flat took it from them. Um, and, he's, and he's absolutely right. So watching the game, a couple of things stuck, um, stood out to me. We uh, The Kraken outshot Buffalo 38-21. Obviously, Eberle had the hat trick, which is great. First in franchise history, blah, blah, blah. All the hats getting thrown onto the ice was amazing. Um, but the big one for me was we're a little over 18 minutes into the second period. Buffalo had just scored a goal. Eberle comes right back, and in 30 seconds later, scores an equalizer. The game's knotted up at two. And that, for me, was, again, one of those kind of momentum plays where I felt the energy kind of get sucked out of the arena after Buffalo made it 2-1. It was late in the second. And, I'm and like, it's weird because you already start to notice patterns developing with teams, and you could feel the fans going, fuck, like, it's happening. Like, this is where the Kraken lose the game. And then within 30 seconds, Eberle made sure that that was not going to be the case. The Kraken ended up winning 5-2. Again, he has the hat trick. And, um, yeah, the game just from puck drop until the end was so exciting. It was chippy the entire time. Like, the teams were really, really going at it. I was yep. surprised that it took them that long to throw the gloves off and fight. But when they did, it was big rig. I don't know why you would fight a guy who's 6'7", 255. His nickname is the fucking big rig. Like, he's probably not the guy. I honestly don't think the player knew that he was challenging Jamie Alexiak on that. I think that he legitimately lifted his head up and was already in the process of being like, we're doing this. And then lo and behold, it's like, you know, one of the biggest guys in the NHL who, by the way, punches his helmet off about three to four hits and the fight's over before it started. So the whole thing was great. I was pumped. And again, I was really excited because I thought the Kraken looked great and they had some momentum going into Arizona. And then Arizona. And then Arizona happened. What the fuck, man? And uh, yeah, just brutal. It it was a it was a weird night. Um, you know, you were drinking heavy into the uh, to the birthday stuff, and it was it was looking great. I mean, it was looking great, really. You know, through half the game, and then everything just completely fell apart. 
And, you know, I think, I think part of this has to do with now, look, I saw some people tweeting and I saw a couple things that were like, um, you know, grew, let us down on some easy stuff here. But, you know, I think it was the, I think it was the Coyotes like third or fourth goal that they scored. And it was just a utter failure by the whole team to stick with it. It was like a pass from behind the net. They came out to a wide open Coyotes player who just buried it. And I saw the tweet that was kind of giving some flack to, to grew well, what happened. It was a soft goal, but like you're looking around and like, there's not a defenseman near the guy who's wide open. So yeah, like, I, I don't know if the Kraken deserved to have like a, you know, Oh man, that was just complete, you know, uh, a mess up of a game just yet because you know, they're not doing that great, but they really just played poorly. And I, I do think with grew, he does give up some soft goals, but mm-hmm. you know, the news, the news today out of the Kraken camp is that um, Dreger is coming back. Yes. he So, is. you know, he, he hurt himself when he played against Philly a couple weeks back yeah. and you know, that was the last time he was in and it's been what eight, eight games or seven games in a row for Gru. So he's, he's playing night after night after night. He needs a break. Obviously they need to have this tandem thing going on and they need to rotate um, between themselves way more often. I think that's going to help out a little bit too. So, you know, it's a team effort. Obviously the team as a whole has to do much better, but you know, with the coyotes, I don't know, man, it, I don't want to say like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't predict that they were going to lose. I thought the Coyotes were, I'm sorry. I thought the Kraken were going to win, but I just remember I, I flashed back to the beginning of the game where they made a big deal out of the records and they showed the records on the screen. And it was uh-huh. like, you know, at the time and, and, you know, forgive me, it's like, you know, the, the Kraken are five or four and five or whatever it is. And then I saw, I actually didn't realize, and maybe it's because I'm a moron. Not paying they attention. I didn't want a game yet. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that the the Phoenix Coyotes. I'm sorry, I keep calling the Phoenix Coyotes the old school. The Arizona Coyotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 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 didn't have a win. I thought they had at least a win. Like no. they were literally the worst team in the league. And I was yes. like, oh man, that's that sucks. So for a second, I was like, at the beginning of the game, I was like, oh man, this is not going to be good. And then the Kraken, you know, wrap it up. They finished the first up three to one. I was like, all right, cool. They got this. This is great. Good. Whew, they're not going to be the team that loses to the Coyotes. And then just everything went out the window, man. It just was not good. Yeah, no. So like you said, they got off to a hot start. They scored two goals in the first 59 seconds. Like the team is buzzing. And from everything that I had read and the research and kind of the replays I'm looking at, after it was 3-1, the Kraken just stopped. Like their foot was off the gas the rest of the game. And they kind of played at the same pace that the Coyotes were trying to dictate the entire time, which is not what you want to do. And I'm really glad that you brought up Grubauer because for me, um, I I won't sit here and defend him wholeheartedly because I, you know, he does give up some easy goals. He hasn't been playing all that great. For example, the 5-4 loss in Arizona, they scored five goals on 22 shots. That's a 77% save percentage. So, that's not exactly what you're looking for, but especially for, you know, a guy that you pay that much money to come over to your organization. But I, I have an issue, honestly, with the way Haxtell has been hired, um, has been moving around and, and playing his goalie. So in my personal opinion, Grubauer is playing entirely too much on the year. He is four, five and one with a 2.97 goals against average. 
his save percentage is right around 88%. And out of the 12 games the Kraken have played this year, he has played in and started in 10 of them. He is on pace to start and play in 68 games out of 82. That pace is not sustainable. Um, they really need to get a 1A, 1B situation going on. I understand that Drigger was hurt. I Honestly, this situation seemed like a, situ- a situation where if Drigger was still hurt and they're going into Arizona and Gru is continuing to play night in and night out, fucking have, like, don't send Decor down to the Charlotte Checkers. I would keep him and have him in goal against Arizona. Like That, that would have been, in my eyes, the better option. And it's the same issue I had when the Kraken were on the road to start the season. And I want to say it's like the fourth or the fifth game, maybe the fourth, but they're playing the New Jersey Devils. And you and I were talking about before the game, and when they announced that um, Guru was going to be in the net, you and I were like, holy shit, he's playing again? And then look what happened. The Kraken get blown out. So I think the easy thing to do is to kind of look at, you know, the score and be like, well, how they give this many go- goals to Arizona? How many, you know, shots on goal do they have? Um, you know, what is his save percentage? You can look at those numbers and easily be like, oh, this is his fault. But like you said, when you watch the highlights and the replays and you're watching the game, and they're putting him in bad positions constantly, and they're always playing him, there's a problem. Like, he's going to get tired. Like, we need to figure this out and figure it out sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, you know, that's that answer is hopefully Drieger, who's supposed to play this week um, yes. and, and totally needs to come in and give some relief. And, you know, like, what what can the Kraken do to, to make things better? I mean, there, there, there were some highlights. I, 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 mean, I don't know. The fact that you score two goals within a minute, um, and I forgot the exact stat, uh, is that, like, that's as far as, uh, I think it's the, I think it's an involved expansion teams and, like, a, the, it's, like, the fastest an expansion team's ever scored two goals in a game, something like that. So, like, mm-hmm. here's the here's the deal. So, if you if you break the stats down, so if we start to kind of get into, so, obviously, the, the Arizona Coyote game just absolutely, you know, sucked, right? But if you start getting into the stats, here's, here's a lot of things that are going wrong. Uh, and you did a great job of breaking down what's up with, with the, with the, the goalies, right? So Drieger, we need him back. We need a rotation. Gru's playing too much. He's still a world-class goalie, um, but we, we need some relief there. Now there's other things that are going on that we need to talk about is they are scoring, right? So Mm -hmm. they're doing okay on, on scoring. The the team is 12th best in the league. In goal score, so they have 34, um, you know, overall. So that's not bad. They're like above the middle of the pack. So like their offense is starting to to work, starting to click. Obviously, is it the goaltending? Is it the defense that's letting them down? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think you know when you you need your goaltender to stand on his head and win a game, that's not happening. And when you, you know, need your defense to be there in the right spots at the right times, that's not always happening. So you've got problems there. Now, here's a huge deal is offensively, when it's five on five, the team is scoring goals. And that's awesome. That's great. But what the <laughs> hell is, is going on with the power play? And look, we're big on, on we, I love Twitter. You know, Joey, I know you love Twitter. Follow us and interact with us. Talk to us at Pod on Twitter. I get so much information from Twitter. What I I wish I wish I could go watch some practices, um, but you know, I forgot what it was. I think it maybe it was on Saturday morning, is or was it Sunday morning? I'm not sure. But I saw some pictures from um, practice, and it was funny. Is the person who had tweeted it and should have screenshotted it, it was like they're practicing their power play, 
and it still looks like they don't know what they're doing even in practice. And the Seattle Kraken are dead last in the league when it comes to their power play percentage, which they're, which means converting, which means scoring on the power play. They're literally in last place, and it's just under 8%. Now, to put that in perspective, now this is a crazy stat, okay? This is not, you know, this is not like, I don't know, Edmonton, the Oilers, they are 50%. Their, their, their power play is converting 50% of the time. That is nuts. But that shows you is that, you know, like, you know, one out of, not even one out of 10 um, power plays, the Kraken are scoring a goal. So that has got to change. That's coaching. That is finding the right mix. That is something that Haxel's got to figure out. This power play is bad and they have to get that fixed immediately. So how are they going to do that? I mean, that's something that, again, I'm not an NHL coach. I've never coached hockey. I have no idea. I've watched a lot of hockey in my day. I know a good power play when I see one. That's somebody who's a confident uh, defenseman, a couple of defensemen that are running the points on the power play. You're cycling. You know what, you know what cycling means? No. Okay, so you're cycling the puck. You're moving the puck around. And cycling is kind of like – it's like a wheel. It's like – you kind of are rotating forwards because when you are playing on the power play, typically you have some guys who are working um, the uh, 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 shoot. What's what the, I can't even think of the terminology right now. You've got guys who are working the sides of the nets, right? So like on the left and the right. Yeah. Like at the top of the circles, right? So like um, there's like face-off circles on each side of the net. And I, I cannot think of for the life of me what the terminology is, but when you cycle is like, you send a guy down in deep. He he's behind the net, right behind that red line. So all you know, they're they're looking at you, and you got that one defenseman that's coming over from the front of the net to chase after him. Then he kind of skates up towards the top of the zone where the defenseman is, and that guy on your team who was waiting for that pass in the front of the net, he then goes and cycles back to behind the net. So the puck and the player is coming from behind the net up along the sides of the boards. And then he's coming back around, looking to that guy down deep. And you're cycling the puck. You're keeping control of the puck gotcha. on the power play, right? And you're moving yeah. it and moving it and moving it. And that creates space. And that allows, as you move the puck around, somebody to get open because you're you're tiring out the defensemen who are shorthanded, the, you know, the other team who are shorthanded. And yeah. you're opening up spots for them to, to hopefully get open and score. Well, they're not doing that either right so the power play is a big deal they've got to figure that out right so they also too are sixth worst the kraken are the sixth worst team in the league for shots on goal and they have games like i think you you pointed out i think it was the buffalo game um they outshot buffalo like 38 to 2 or 38 to 22 something like that yeah 21 yep right so you know they they're getting like it's feast or famine there but overall, they're the sixth worst team, averaging twenty nine point seven shots on goal. Um, they, you know, they they need to get more pucks to the net, more shots on the net. They need to work on that, you know. And again, they're scoring goals, but they're not necessarily controlling the game with their goaltending, their defense. I did notice too, kind of breaking down the stats for the the team, is that they're not that great with winning faceoffs, you know, which is how <laughs> you, yes. Which is which is how you you know you you control that puck, especially like on the power play, 
I, I'm sure there's a stat out there for like power play faceoffs too, but that's a big deal. You know, like um, watching the Red Wings game last night with the with the Las Vegas Golden Knights is the Red Wings were up you know, four to two. The the Knights pull their goalie with four minutes left in the game, and they had so they in the last four minutes they had like twelve shots on goal. The Wings oh, somehow held them off to not score any more goals at all. But what I noticed was that damn. The Knights won almost every single faceoff in that four-minute stretch. And that, you know, it was like luck. It was really good gameplay by Detroit. Um, but that that is how you score goals and control the power play and control the situation is that faceoff. So, you know, what what's going wrong? The power play sucks. You know, they they are not consistently getting shots on goal. They're having games where they're, you know, getting a ton, but then they're having games where they're not getting a lot. They're not doing great with the face-offs. What's, what this is telling me is that there's still a long way to go for them to kind of understand, you know, their chemistry. What do they need to do? I I did see that there was some talk about possibly working something out to maybe there's some a trade going on. What do you do to get some new blood into the mix? Uh-huh. Like, how do you get, you know, some life into this team? Again, you know, we're only, what, uh, 12, 12 games deep into the season? Yeah. You know, so there's a long way to go. And what I'm thinking about right now is this is, look, I would love to see the Kraken make the playoffs. Will it happen? You know, I don't know. But, you know, I'm thinking back to the St. Louis Blues three years ago when they won the Stanley Cup. And... As of January that year, they were the the worst team in the league, mm-hmm. and they got into the playoffs. They turned it around. They had an epic, awesome like February, March. They get into the playoffs and they make this epic run and they win the Stanley Cup. So, you know, if if they can just get into the playoffs, who knows? They 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 have to figure out who they are and they got to figure out all these things. You know, right now it does not look good. I will still say. If they walk away out of November at 500 or above 500, I think they're going to make the playoffs. And they got a long way to go. Yeah, to say the least. I mean, I I echo everything that you're saying. And, you know, what gives me hope, first of all, it's kind of actually funny. The Seattle Kraken have already somehow found a way to adopt the personality of, like, all the Seattle area teams. Like, this is what the Seahawks and the Mariners have been doing to us for fucking years where it's like you think you're starting to get to know them and then they pull something out and that completely throws you for a loop. You never know what's going on. And that's kind of like emblematic of, of the end result of the, the game against the, the coyotes. And, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, you know, winning, winning faceoffs and how important that is. And that was actually the first thing that I don't know if you caught this, but Yanni Gord said to reporters immediately after they lost the game, was that they were losing the battle for the puck. And when you lose that battle, you're not going to win the game. And again, it's it's a lot more than just looking at, oh, we lost five to four. So Grubauer didn't play that good of a game. There's a lot more than that going on. Do we need to see more from him? Absolutely. Would I like the goalie situation to be handled a little bit better? Absolutely. So I want the coaches to, to step their shit up too, because they gotta they gotta figure out, they gotta figure out. Um, a better goalie rotation. They got to figure out how to get better on the power play. They got to figure out how to get better on faceoffs, et cetera. And I think that's what's frustrating is 
you know, we watch every single one of these games, minus when I'm out for my birthday drinking entirely too much. But you know, we're watching, we're watching these games, and you see the potential there. Like the Kraken have some really, really solid players, and not just the top line, second, third. Like, I mean, I'm I'm really liking this team. And um, it's gonna take some time. And like you said, they just have a lot to figure out. And there's no real there's not a lot of room there for error because you know when this podcast comes out on on tuesday november 9th that night we're watching the vegas golden knights and the seattle kraken again it's it's you know I, i'm i'm taking a look at some of your notes here and i want to go back to you know what you were saying about the coyotes team of uh, the game is that you know they didn't control they were out hit. That's a great note that you took uh, their NHL and uh, hockey fan rookie is that uh, <laughs> they were, they were out hit by the coyotes. What uh, 45 to 26. I, yeah. I didn't know that. So that's a really good note. So like, no, because right there, that shows that like the physicality on the Kraken is not there. Like they're either just getting complacent or the other team wants it more, or it's a combination of the two. So when I see stats like that, I don't go, Oh, Grubauer, what are you doing? I'm like, okay, this is a team thing. And you guys need to figure it out because if you think you're going to roll into Vegas with this kind of attitude to really play against any team, you'll lose to anyone. Because if you play this way, you lost to the worst team in the NHL. You'll lose to everybody. All right. So would you say this, and you can agree with me or disagree with me, is from this chat, as we, before we get into the upcoming games here, is mm-hmm. how, how to patch the Kraken, how to patch up the Kraken. All right. So our Kraken reaction. Would you say I'm going to rank – uh, number one, you've got to fix the power play. What the hell? Get it together. Fix the power play. 0 for 2 uh, against the Coyotes. They get mm-hmm. one of those, and it's a tie game, and maybe it goes o- OT and they win, right? So fix yes. the damn power play. Number two on patching the Kraken. We've got to get a better goalie rotation in there. Gru needs a break. Drieger, we need your back. We need you to have your knee set and ready to roll let's go and then i would say number three we may have to get more physical there like number three is really like a a 3a 3b 3c 3d 3 you know but yeah uh, would you kind of agree (laughs) yeah you know i totally agree and on the goalie thing you know what kind of annoys me about the whole situation is because i'm also i'm not looking at the games that are being played currently like if I'm watching the game against Arizona and I'm seeing what's going on with Rubauer, and I'm like, why is this guy playing? What's going on? But I also think about the future now, right? So you're looking at kind of like the goal rotation and how many games he's on track to start throughout the rest of the, of the year. But now I'm thinking to myself, okay, future games. Tuesday night, they're back in Las Vegas against the Golden Knights. This would be a game that I would like to star a healthy and rested Grubauer. However, you just play against Arizona. He's clearly gassed, and the team has some issues that they're trying to figure out. So now, what do you do? Like, do you play? Do you play Drieger here, who's coming off like an undisclosed knee injury, and then hope that he's good to go in a very hostile environment? Like, this is what's frustrating about it is because I feel like the Arizona game was a missed opportunity to give him a night off and figure some shit out, and they didn't. And now they put themselves at what I look, see as a disadvantage going to Las Vegas. And I, I don't know if if Gru gets the nod again. I will not be surprised, but I don't know, man. Anyways, I'm ranting at this point, but I, I agree. They have some things to fix. The power play is actually number one, and the, at least the team recognizes that, and hopefully they're working on it. Yeah, they are. I'm sure they are. So let's let's see what happens. This week coming up, we've got the Las Vegas Golden Knights. 
they are uh, uh, coming back. They're, well, not coming back, but we're we're playing Climate Pledge Arena. That's happening on uh, Tuesday night. So, you Wait, know, I that's Las Vegas. Am I? Oh, am I going crazy here? Oh no, dude. Dude, okay. That's see, I'm. I guess I'm hungover from hockey. You're hungover from alcohol. <laughs> uh, no, my my bad. No. So they're that they're uh, they're they're back in Las Vegas, which sucks because come on, we had opening nights in, in Las Vegas, but here we go. We're going back to Las Vegas. So yeah, we're playing there. There, well, that's what I don't like. I, don't, I hate that matchup because the the nights coming off a road trip, they sucked on the road trip pretty much. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to be back home. It's a Tuesday night, you know, you know, Tuesday night in any other barn, you know, like any other arena in the league is, is kind of like, oh, cool. You know, like it's probably not at capacity, but it's Las Vegas. The city never sleeps, dude. So like, you know, it's going to be crazy. They're going to have their drum circles and all that bullshit. And, you know, that, that's just, that just sucks. So, you know, like if the Kraken are going to get things back on track, they got, they've got to come back. They've got to come back in and they, and they have to. They've got to win that game. This is a must win. I think this is a must win game. They got to win. They got to beat the Knights. Yeah, no, I agree. In fact, I mean, right now, you know, they're they're like trailing, um, you know, the Knights and maybe one other team like for, you know, the wild card spot or, you know, a playoff spot. And I know that's a way too early kind of look at that scenario, but I'm trying to put into context of of this being a must win game. And again, I know it's very early in the season, but. This is what fucking happens when you have all the momentum and you go into Arizona and you play against the worst team in the freaking NHL and you lose. And now you're in a position where it's like, okay, now we have to go back to Las Vegas and we have to play them. And honestly, the only reason why I remembered that they were back in Las Vegas is because you and I were talking about like a week or so ago and I was joking around with you and I was like, are these guys ever going to come to Seattle? We're just going to have to keep going to their barn like every other week. This is ridiculous. Right. No, you're absolutely right. It's, it's not going to be fun, but man, it would be fun if they beat the Golden Knights, which would be great. And uh, I, I, it—I don't know. Again, I'm super—I'm too optimistic. Even when I'm looking at these stats, I, I've got—I've been looking at these these stats, you know, all day. I'm getting a little bummed out, but you know, look, it's a—it's an emotional game, and I think the Kraken could do something. So you know, they've had a few nights off uh, after getting whipped by the 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 Coyotes. So let's see what happens. So. You know the the week doesn't get any easier. They they play the Ducks. Um, that comes later on in the week. I believe that is on Thursday. That mm-hmm. is at Climate Pledge Arena. The Ducks are a good team. Yes, They're they on the top half, the top half of the Western um, uh, Conference. Goaltending there is good. Um, you know the the Anaheim Ducks are are a solid team. So that's not great. And then wrap it up as far as the week goes on Saturday uh, at Climate Pledge. The Wild, who, you know, we ended up beating, uh, they're still a good team, though. The Minnesota Wild are, are good. Um, they're coming off a win uh, last night, um, I believe. So, you know, the Minnesota Wild are a tough team. So these are three games that are not going to be, no. uh, you know, easy games. And, and and look, you know, after beating Buffalo, we were we were kind of like, oh, we're great. They're looking good going into Saturday night. But then, well, yeah. we get this crazy wild card of, what the hell happened? So what is going to happen this week? I would, I would love some really good efforts this week from, from the Seattle Kraken. And I hope it starts. Well, what would be tonight? If you're listening to this on Tuesday against the golden Knights. Yeah, absolutely. So really some quick, some 
two quick notes about um, the upcoming matchup against Anaheim and against Minnesota. So I, I'm looking at the stats for both Anaheim and the Kraken, just doing kind of a side-by-side comparison. Relatively surprised because for, for the most part, their statistics um, are, are very, very similar to each other. But it's funny that you mentioned the power play because that's the biggest thing that jumped off the page to me. Um, at this time, um, and again, we're recording this on Monday night, so this podcast comes out early Tuesday. But at this time, Anaheim, record 6-4-3. and three. So after 13 games, they have 12 power play goals. The Kraken have a total of three. So they score a little over 27% of the time. The Kraken score 7.9% of the time. Um, but, you know, if you're looking at um, shots on goal per game, they're a little bit over 30, they being the Ducks. The Kraken are a little bit over 29. Um, their uh, their PK is at 85%, and the Kraken is at 81.5%. And that's the one area where the Kraken, I mean, no, we kind of just harped on them from a little bit, but their pen, penalty kill is great. But guess who's better? The freaking Ducks. So I would be very surprised if the Kraken kind of break out of this power pit power play uh, slump. Wow. Say that freaking three times fast um, against the ducks because you know, the Kraken are one of the best teams at the league at the PK, but you know, the ducks are actually a little bit better. So that game is going to be really hard. And the game against Minnesota. Yes. The last time that we played, it was a four to one victory. Hayden Flurry had a couple of goals, but this was the game that I said was a trap game. that I felt the Kraken could take and they took advantage of it because Minnesota was missing two of their key players due to COVID protocol. And one of those players was their leading scorer. I can't, you know, we can't hope that every time we face a team that's as good and frisky as, as a Minnesota that we're, you know, that we're going to get some key guys missing. So, you know, they're, like, like you said, the Kraken are really going to have to, are really going to have to step it up over the next three games. And I would love to get uh, McCann back at some point, like, holy shit. How long is this guy going to be on COVID protocol? And that's the thing I noticed. Now I'm going off on a tangent. But there, that's the one thing that I noticed that kind of drives me crazy about the NHL versus like the NFL, for example. Like I'm a big football fan. But yeah. what drives me fucking nuts is, and I'm sure this is all fueled by, you know, fantasy football and, and sports betting and football being so big. But there is almost too much transparency into what's going on with like NFL players and stuff. Like if it's COVID related, you know how, you know how long, you know what's going on. I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers doing fucking interviews talking about taking Ivermectin. I don't know what's going on anymore. And with, and then you also have like with injuries, you get updates from doctors, updates from the team. You get specific timelines, NHL. It's like parentheses undisclosed. Like what the hell is going on? Like even with the Eichel situation, which we will be talking about here um, very soon, it's it's crazy because that whole situation was, um, you know, like not kind of under wraps for a period of time, but every, everyone kind of knew what was going on. And ultimately, he gets his wish because he's injured. He wants to do a surgery and the team won't let him do it and like all this crazy stuff. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of this stuff is not made available to NHL fans, where, whereas other other sports are more open. Or is that just something that, I, that I'm overly exaggerating? No, no. The NHL is, you know, wait till the playoffs. Because like, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to give any information at all. They just, the NHL, as far as I've known it, I've never looked too deep into it is notoriously, uh, they play it close to the chest or close to the vest or whatever the saying is. Right. I don't know what it is, but they, they don't, they don't give you a lot of details. 
And, you know, yeah, I mean, coming back around to what you're saying about the, the wild, you know, not having their basically two best players because of those COVID protocols. I mean, they're going to have them back and, you know, I, I don't know what to expect. So we're, it's going to be tough, but yeah, it, what you're saying about the whole, you know, like not knowing what's going on with players, upper body injury, this and that, they do not share a lot of that. That might be a good, I should do some research into, um, into that for next, next week's episode. It's like, why, why is it, is it like that? Maybe, maybe there's a, a specific reason. Um, I really don't know. So yes, that does not, that does not help make it easy to have any games <laughs> be a safe bet. And with that, I would like you as an NHL fan, if you are hungry for a big Kraken win this week, which I'm praying to hockey Jesus for that, but otherwise DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NHL team to win their game. And if they do, you will win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It is that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings will not leave you empty-handed, though. Everyone, everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network, our parent network. What's up, THPN? Bet just five bucks on any NHL team to win their game, and you'll win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Now, here's the fine print. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, don't mess around. Please call 1-800-GAMBLER. So thank you to DraftKings. And I'm actually pretty excited about this news. We're moving into some uh, NHL notes here. It's the biggest note, the biggest drama. If you are new to the NHL and to hockey this season with the Seattle Kraken, you probably saw something about this as you are watching the NHL. But it finally happened. Jack Eichel was traded from the Buffalo Sabres to, which I don't necessarily like to see. I love, <laughs> I love Jack Eichel. They have traded him to the Golden Knights of Las Vegas. And here's the details on it, okay? Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of details to this, but the, the simple summary of what was going on, Jack Eichel, an American hockey player. Yes, awesome. American hockey is uh, alive and well. Uh, one of the best in the league, playing for the Buffalo Sabres, not a great team. He gets hurt. He wanted to fix a herniated disc in his neck and he really wanted to get it done a certain way, have a certain surgery, and the team wouldn't let him. And that just led down a rabbit hole of hate and anger and fighting, which led to basically them not letting him get the surgery, which takes months and months and months to recover from. And that led to just everything falling apart. And then for months, 
as we moved into the NHL regular season, you know, the trade trading Jack Eichel, who are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? Well, they finally this past week made the trade and Joey's got the details on Jack Eichel getting traded to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. What did, what did the Buffalo Sabres get in return for Jack Eichel? (laughs) Yeah, man. And so, you know, I've I've openly shared that I am I am new to hockey. And so when this when this news broke, you know, he's not a familiar name to me at the time. So it was an excuse to do some research and see, okay, why is this such a big deal? Why is everyone talking about it and saying, how the fuck are the knights pulling this off? And so I started doing some research. So the specifics on the trade is that the Golden Knights are receiving Eichel in a conditional pick from Buffalo. And in exchange, they are sending Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, and two conditional picks. But what I noted that was interesting about the picks is that, and again, I'm using like an NFL reference here, is that they are in a way sort of protected, which I think was really smart on the Golden Knights part, as much as I hate to admit that. And so it kind of breaks down like this. So if the if the Golden Knights their first round pick for next season, 2022, is not in the top 10. So 11 and and onwards. The Sabres will get that selection and a Las Vegas second round pick in 2023. And the Knights will get the Buffalo pick, a third round pick of that year. However, if the Golden Knights first round pick for 2022 is in the top 10, the Sabres are going to get the Vegas first round pick in 2023. So they're not giving anything up. Um, they Well, they, they could potentially, but for 2022, they're not going to be giving anything up, um, you know, inside of the top 10. However, they're still giving up a lot of capital and, and also two really good players. Um, Alex Tuck, especially is a guy that um, he's born and raised in Syracuse. And now he gets to play close to home and he's under contract for a very long time at a little over $4 million a year. So he's a guy they're really excited to have on the team. And yeah, like you mentioned, um, it was you know three to five months of Jack Eichel dealing with this issue going on in his, in his neck, and he wanted a disc replacement surgery. He's been in pain the entire time, and the Sabres flat out would not let him get the surgery that he needed. They were trying to push him to do some alternative methods and he didn't want to do that. And, you know, this guy's a stud. When he's healthy, he is a top five center in the league. And for people that are new to the game, like myself, he there are a lot of references um, and a lot of comparisons between him and McDavid. I mean, he is, he is along those lines. Um, and so to give people an example of how just how dominant Jack Eichel is, and not to mention how freaking young he is um, in the... 2019-2020 season, so last season, he had a 17-game point streak that ran from November through December. It lasted essentially a month, and it tied um, Gilbert Peralt for the longest in franchise history for the Sabres. That streak began November 16th. They had a game against Ottawa, and he scored a four-goal game and completely owned it. I mean, so this is the guy that is single-handedly willing his team to the playoffs. Again, when he is healthy, he is a top five center in the league. Even if he were to come back from this surgery and take a little bit of a step down, he is still a very, very, very dominant player. 
And yeah, it sucks to see him go to freaking Vegas because we're going to be playing against him a lot. So be prepared to see a lot of Jack Eichel in the future. So that's what we, you know, it'd be awesome to have the Kraken, you know, have a player of, you know, Jack Eichel's caliber because, you know, that's the thing in Buffalo is has he had the right, you know, player to help him out? Like, you know, Connor McDavid is the best player in the league. He's the best. And he also, and he'd be the best even without Leon, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, right? But mm-hmm. Leon Dreisaitl is number two, probably. But, you know, they're a great tandem, you know? So, like, if, you know, Jack Eichel had somebody like that, he would, he would you know, be you know, scoring more and, and he would have way more uh, points, right? But he's a top 10 player in the NHL. And like you said, he's, he's super young. You know, I'm excited for him because I'm a USA hockey fan. He will not make it back in time for the Olympics, which are going to be happening, yes. um, you know, in, in February. And NHL players are playing in the Olympics. And we will talk more about that. But, like, I'm starting to get really pumped for this, Joey. I don't know how patriotic you get when it comes to this sort of stuff. But, man, I cannot wait. I was actually looking up uh, the U- Team U- USA roster, and I was dreaming about Jack Eichel being around. But we'll talk more about that. But, um, but Jack Jack Eichel will not be back for that. I have to imagine the the I'd be shocked if the Golden Knights did not make it into the playoffs. Um, if they do, uh, he could be back in time for the playoffs. So he's got a long way to go there. But he had his first official press conference actually today. Again, we're recording the podcast mm-hmm. it's Monday, but he had it today, and he basically was like, "Look, you know, I hope this is something that." the league can work with teams and the players association to allow players to have more say in what happens with their body, because that's crazy to think about is like, you know, like imagine if you have your insurance through work and work says, no, you can't get that surgery to fix, uh, you know, your head getting chopped off because we just don't necessarily like it. So we're just going to put your head into a jar and you're going to have to do work from the jar, you know, like, <laughs> You're on the Frankenstein plan. Yeah, yeah, terrible. Yeah, Frankenstein plan. Sorry, it's all, all you, we can't let you get the other one, even though that you know. So your body was going to throw it to the scrap heap. Uh, but like that's that's what goes on, you know. And these 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 players are you know more of uh, commodities and you know chess pieces than they are people. And you know, like obviously, you know, Jack Eichel. You know, it's in his best interest to be a kick-ass, super healthy hockey player, right? It's not yes. like it's not like he's you know in Buffalo going like, "Hey guys, I really want to go, uh, you know, over to this uh, horse doctor and let this horse doctor, uh, you know, yank my back around to try and fix it." No, he wants to go to the state of the art, state of the art. This, do this. He just believed that his body would, you know, function better with this surgery. Yeah. So that's what he basically said today in his in his first press conference was like. I hope this eventually leads to maybe the start of players being allowed to have more say in what happens with their, with their body. So, you know, I'm actually, you know, again, division rival, but I'm really happy for Jack Eichel. It's a good thing that Buffalo can now move on. They really screwed that up, but who knows what's going on behind the scenes? Like, you know, was, was it bad before that? Maybe, I don't know. Um, You know, Jack Eichel, has been in Buffalo for a long time and you know, he, he, he's now going to go to a team that is, 
you know, again, I cringe saying this, but they've got a great atmosphere, blah, blah, blah. They got the drum circles. All that sort of <laughs> People can't see it. You just eye rolled so hard right now. Yeah. yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. Like, you have a great atmosphere. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning like, the eye rolls from my, my four year old yeah. twin, twin daughters. They've, they've already, they've already, they're experts in it. So I'm yes. happy for Jack Eichel. It's, and it's good, it's good to see. We, we won't see him for a while. And, you know, look, I hope the cracker make the playoffs and maybe we will see him um, <sighs> sometime soon. But, you know, that's good Good for Jack. I'm glad to see Jack back, and I hope he comes back very soon. Um, yeah. yeah. More, more more things about the Kraken here. Um, I actually – this is this is amazing. I, I, the, the big win for the Seattle Kraken is we're trying to, you know, figure out this team and hopefully get some things going and fix the power play and you know, all that sort of good stuff. One thing we know for sure is that the Kraken family – the Kraken teams, the the Seattle Kraken, they dominate in one area, and that is team name slash logo slash design. They announced this week that there is a new affiliate, a new minor league affiliate for the Seattle Kraken, and it's the Coachella Valley Firebirds. First of all, I had to Google where the hell is Coachella Valley? I figured, I assumed it was California because of the Coachella Festival, right? Yeah, man. Coachella Music Festival. Palm Springs. Yeah. I, so Palm Desert, California. This is a new team that's going to play in the American Hockey League, the AHL, in 2022-23. They're building a new arena out there. And the name of this team, it sounds, it sounds a little, you know, I don't know lame but when you see the logo and stuff i don't know it got me so fired up and literally fired up it's the coachella valley firebirds and i don't know if it, i don't know what it was man the promotional video for it like the the what they tweeted out um i don't know if you noticed too by the way uh our our twitter account at kraken pod followed them and i immediately tweeted at them and said hey can we get somebody from uh the the the, the team to uh, be on our podcast. It's crickets. Like they didn't answer us. Um, they're but I was like, man. they're they're trying to launch a new, you know, minor minor league affiliate of the Kraken. They got bigger fish to fry than dealing with our our ourselves, at least for the time being. <laughs> well, so, what did you the the logo looks amazing. I thought it was awesome. What, what do you think about it? All right. So I didn't want to tell you this until we were on the podcast. I want to get your I wanted to get your genuine reaction. I'm not the biggest fan of the logo. So really. I, and I don't know why. And I don't know. Like, I like the team name doesn't bother me. I forget who it was, but someone's like, you know, I think the Dragons or something would have been a better name. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do like the contrast to the Kraken, right? Like, you have the whole underwater theme and everything that, uh, you know, comes along with that. And then you have the Firebirds and the logo, you know, is an all red logo, but now the eyes are blue. I don't know. I just, I, I don't know why. I'm just being weird. I was a little underwhelmed by the logo. I did really like the release video. And I thought um I thought that the rollout was really, really cool. Um I did not know anything about the AHL or minor league hockey or anything along those lines, which ties into our um, you know, no dumb questions segment here. But um, but yeah, man, like I'm really excited. Um, you know, and I'm saying I'm way too much. So doing some research, I learned that the Charlotte Checkers are, they are the AHL team 
for the Florida Panthers and that the Kraken are sharing that AHL team with the Panthers until the new facility for the Firebirds is built. Is that how is that how things work? Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't really share um, teams as far as I know. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. And I don't know if like, Hey, I don't know if they have to go to the Panthers and say, Hey, we want to call up, uh, Joe blow, uh, and the Panthers say, no, 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 we have to fight for that or whatever. I I don't know how you share that affiliation and what the logistics are of that. Um, but yeah, that does happen. I mean, it's, um, it is weird. Um, and we can move right into it. And the Firebirds thing, I mean, it looks, it looks kind of like the old, you know, like, um, you know, that old, old firebird, like the, 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 the car logo, I, something about it just catches me. I don't know if it's like, well, you know, I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah you're totally right. It's just something, I don't know. It is what it is. I, you know, I think it just looks really cool. Also too, I was thinking is like, how, I don't know how, and like the Coachella Valley desert can get a hockey team, but new Orleans can't, like can't get shit. <laughs> Like, and not just that, a brand new 10,000 seat arena for them to play in. Like, it's not like like, just that they're getting a team and they're going to be taking over like some high school practice rink. They're getting a 10,000 seat arena. And, um, yeah, I I don't know. I think that's that's fantastic. But, yeah, it's, I can see by the look on your face how (laughs) it's a point of contention. It's very frustrating. Well, the thing that that sucks is like I I get it is like look why why aren't there more hockey teams or or why aren't there more hockey fans in the South is because what's well, weather you know like I grew up in in Detroit I grew up in Michigan so like it was easy for me to go outside in the winter time and play hockey I didn't have to have an arena I didn't have to like pay lots of money my family had to pay lots of money for me to play hockey I could just go outside and play hockey right you can't do that in the South right but then you've got a team in the desert a literal desert it's like. What? What? And there's nothing in New Orleans. There's like you know two sheets of ice in the entire state, just like three or four of Louisiana. So I'm just sitting here going like, man, like first of all, I don't care where I live, I'd still be a Kraken fan, right? Love it, love the team, all that sort of good stuff. But I'm also going like, here we are, like we're fans of the Kraken because we have no hockey close to us here in New Orleans. Like, what if? So. I don't know. It gave me. I mean, it's never going to happen here in New Orleans because we barely have functioning streets. But um, anyway, so like, I'm excited about that, and 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 that can kind of lead into us talking about with no dumb questions. Uh, if you want to jump right to it, I don't know if you want to or not, but yeah, let's do it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, there was a couple other things I wanted to talk about, but it's all good. Um, and this is the segment on the show where you know Joey is new to the NHL. And, you know, he's jumped into this literally like head first. And I don't know, dude, you're starting to you're already starting to get me with with stuff. You're starting to learn so much about this game of hockey. But if you have a question about hockey, you're new to hockey, you don't know how something works, you don't get something, you know, ask us. We're, we're glad to research it and talk about it and help you understand it. There are no dumb questions on what lies beneath. OK, so Joey's no dumb question question this week is what so i am actually and i'm fully okay admitting this i am in a way stealing this from a friend of the pod and a listener is it's at sub munch on twitter so he actually so he tweeted us and he had a question this is right when the the news came out about the coachella valley firebirds again that's the ahl that's the um the you know minor league affiliate for the kraken and he and he asked 
can you explain minor league hockey? Why are there no why are there no local C farm team in the greater Seattle area or one of the WHL local teams? And then he said, it looks like most NHL teams have their farm have their farm teams close. So I know that's kind of a, a loaded question, but I thought it was great because I don't I don't understand minor league hockey. Again, I did a little bit of research into the Coachella Valley Firebirds, which is how I started to to understand at least some components of the AHL. But aside from that, man, I, I really don't know much. So the the floor is yours. Please educate us. So it's confusing. Um, honestly, it's confusing. And I think it's confusing for anybody who doesn't follow it super closely. And, you know, it's confusing for me. One reason is because of it's a sport that's truly international. I mean, it's worldwide. But, you know, the majority of the NHL, it's, you know, partially in Canada and partially in the United States. Mm-hmm. And hockey operates completely differently in each of those countries. You know, here in the United States, you've got the NCAA, you've got, you know, collegiate hockey. And then, you know, aside from collegiate hockey, you have these semi-pro teams um, that, you know, some are uh, pro leagues where you get paid and some are not you know so it's like it's really weird and then in canada you know and canada's completely crazy i grew up again in detroit you know just minutes from canada um so i, I kind of get canada a little bit but you know it's like i go to college in the united states i go to university in canada you know like some terminology there um yeah, go to and the, yeah right and the the way it works there is totally different too there's you know, a whole bunch of different leagues there. There's leagues where, you know, you can be 16 years old and you're going there. Um, you know, there are hockey schools that you go to um, as a young teenager where it's kind of like military school, but hockey military school, you know? What? Yeah. So like there's, there are um, like pro prep uh, high schools you know, in, okay. uh, in Canada and, and yeah. dude, I, like, honestly, I did not do any dive into how to explain this before we started recording this podcast, <laughs> you know, so it's really super confusing. And I think back to, uh, at sub munch, uh, <laughs> great handle on Twitter asking about that is I think the first thing is specifically with the Kraken, you've got a new team coming yes. into the league. Well, you know, you already have your allegiances lined up across the 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 league, you know. So basically, there's only so many um, there's so many so many you know pies you can get your hands into, right? To like you know take from the pipeline. So like it's not like you can just come in and say, "Cool, well, I'm going to take the local WHL team um, around us in Seattle because they already have their affiliate with uh, an NHL team and they mm-hmm. they sign." Um, they sign agreements with NHL teams, but like you can't come in and it's not going to happen. So like, that's why the Kraken went out and formed their own, you know, team with the Firebirds. So, you know, it's, it's really, it's really weird. And I honestly don't have a great explanation, you know, of it. Um, You know, I have seen leagues come and go. Um, So like, you know, gosh, I I grew up in Detroit uh, watching the Red Wings at the time, I don't know. Was it? An, it might have been an ECHL team, an East Coast Hockey League team, but the Detroit Vipers 
Um, I used to go watch them play. I lived in Cincinnati, Ohio for a while. Um, I actually did like the in stands entertainment for the Cincinnati Cyclones. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Cause I was a radio host at the time. And, you know, I was like, uh, at the time my, my wife, you know, then my girlfriend, you know, we were long distance. So like I had nothing to do. <laughs> so like I went and nerded out and, and had fun in the stands with the microphone. So, um, that's an ECHL team. Um, and they are affiliates of, oh Lord, I can't even remember who they're affiliates of. It's not the Penguins. Oh man, I can't even think of who, it's all good. who they Columbus, were. maybe who knows. It might have been Columbus, something like yeah. that. But you know, anyway, um, and that's the thing is like it's not even like uh, that. Just to put it in perspective, like I should find out like Cincinnati uh, Cyclones um, affiliate. Let's see, Cyclones. Who are they an affiliate of? Let's see. They won the Kelly Cup a couple of years ago. Oh, see, they're, they're an ECHL affiliate of the Sabers. Oh shit! Uh, okay. Yeah. So like it's, they play, you know, they, they, they spin the wheel sometimes and they, they, uh, sign different deals with different teams and you'll hear news about that. And probably next year you'll hear different news about like, Oh yeah, you know, this team is now signed an agreement to become the, the, you know, the ECHL affiliate for the Detroit Red Wings and that sort of thing. So, um, um, it's, it doesn't explain things very well. I did not explain it. I did not help you. I guarantee you, if we Google it, which you should this week, there's probably like a, um, what is that? What is that gif or what is that meme of Charlie from it's always sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah. where he's, yeah, he's, he's smoking his cigarette and he's got all the lines drawn to different points on a board and whatnot. Yeah. Kind of like straight out of uh, CSI type thing. Yes. Uh, there's probably a really good, well done um graphic out there of like here's all the how it all works and all this sort of stuff happens but no, you know okay so and i will and i will say that um you know not every not every nhl team right has their affiliate within within cloaks proc proximity what i noticed from my again really quick research and what i also found interesting is so i'm using baseball um as my analogy here it's different. Like with baseball, you have like your minor league affiliates, right? Like you have, you know, you have the Seattle Mariners and you have like your triple A, your double A, your single A. And, um, but they're all under the same umbrella and ownership. Whereas like the AHL, they're a completely, um, they are ran like a completely separate organization. And like you said, they sign affiliate affiliate deals with the NHL. So I actually found kind of a, a, a like a, like a breakdown for dummies online that I wanted to share that I, that I found helpful and that maybe other people will too. So it kind of went like this, like you have to look at this as the NHL is the top league in the world. The AHL is not, well, wait, not so not, not, they, it's kind of like soccer. It's kind of like soccer or football or whatever is the NHL. You know, yes, it is for all intents and purposes, but you've got the KHL, which is the Russian, right? The oh, okay. Well, let me just say, okay, I'm, I'm so speaking. Not the top league, not no, the top league in the world. I just want to make specifically United States and Canada. Then I'll I'll say that. So I, we don't get any fucking Ukrainian messaging us being like, you guys are discounting. <laughs> no, but it's but that's what's crazy about this, and like this why it's so confusing is like you talk about you know Sweden, it's got a crazy, huge, amazing league. You yeah. Know, so like it's like the the NHL is you know for a while it was actually a little shaky. 
Like, is the NHL the top league in the world? Maybe the KHL is. It's it's not. So and, anyway, I'm just doing that to be an asshole, but also no, to, to like cool. show you how crazy it is. All right, so yeah. NHL, top league in the right, world. So, go, yeah, let's go just say it. we're talking about United States and Canada, right? Let's Okay, so you have the NHL being the top in, in their respective area. The AHL is the first tier minor league. So if you want to look at them, again, using the baseball analogy, they're like your AAA baseball team. The ECHL, which you mentioned, East Coast Hockey League, is kind of like your second tier or like your double A. And then there was a note about the CHL, and that is a major junior league for players aged 16 through 21. And that league, the CHL, consists of three different leagues, the WHL, which is Western Canada and the United States, and OHL, which is Ontario, and then you have QMJHL, which is Quebec and the Maritimes. So I know that's a lot of information. And then also, so out of all those leagues, the NHL, the AHL, and the ECHL. So basically, again, um, top tier, first tier, second tier, so AAA, AA. So those leagues are pro leagues. They are paid salaries, and pretty much everything else is, quote, junior league hockey or is unpaid. However, there is an exception with the CHL because players actually do receive compensation, but it is not a full living, like a full uh, living wage. So, for example, if um, an individual is in college in the United States and goes to play in the CHL, they will lose their NCAA eligibility because now they are being compensated, even though it's not a living wage. I don't know how that changed with the recent. Um, with the recent rule changes in the NCAA where players can start taking profit. That is a whole rabbit hole that I did not jump down, but I hope that that explanation kind of helped out some people. It certainly helped me out. Um, you know, I have to take sports that I am already familiar with and kind of try to, you know, match up against the NHL to try to really get an understanding. And it is kind of confusing, you know, when you have these different affiliates in multiple different leagues, not only all throughout the United States, but also throughout Canada and what they're comprised of. They're operating completely independently. They just sign affiliate agreements, and that's how it all comes together. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's uh, it's really interesting. And, again, I hope that helps. Oh, it, it, it does help, and it is uh, very confusing. And, you know, that's something else, too. Like, you know, baseball is something that I never really understood very well with like the the farm teams and and you know triple a and double a and what does all that sort of stuff mean you know so it's just it gets really super confusing when you're adding in extra layers of like oh cool we've got uh, a player from sweden who we drafted and he's now going to come over here and play in this league or this kid is going to college over here so you know I can't imagine being a hockey gm and managing oh well we got to send this kid over here this kid's going to um, you know, got to graduate from college and then he's going to go through this and play here and play there and that sort of thing. So, you know, it's, it's absolutely nuts. And if anybody's got a better explanation of it, you are welcome to tweet us at crack and pod. So it's, <laughs> it's good to know. I'm excited for the firebirds, you know, logo or not that, you know, there is, uh, an official Kraken only, uh, minor league team, which is pretty neat. So absolutely that, that brings us as we're talking about different leagues is that brings us to uh, some hockey history. And I thought this would be a good chance as we're talking about this to talk about the WHA, which if you Google it right now, there is a Western hockey league. Okay. 
Um, the, the WHA, that's the WHL, the WHA is how the Edmonton Oilers became an NHL team. And in hockey history, the World Hockey Association kind of paved the way for the NHL to be what it is today. And the simple fact of this is this this league was was founded in 1972 to compete with the NHL. Interesting. It was the it was the first league that actually was able to do it. And basically what they did was they worked on getting and grabbing a bunch of players who were a little older um, and, you know, just some other ways of getting big name players to come to this league. And they did that by grabbing about 70 players from the NHL to the WHA in 1972, like Bobby Hull. Okay, Bobby Hull. Okay, okay that's Brett Hull's dad. Um, one of the you know greatest hockey players of all time. I think I think he may have the fastest recorded slap shot ever um, in a game. It's like 110 miles an hour or something like that. Jesus. Um, yeah, in the All Star Game, they always have the hardest slap shot. You know, on the Friday Night Skills Competition, and I think the hardest in like the the newer era is like 106. But Bobby Hall apparently had like 110 mile an hour slap shot. But um, I think in in games, I, I, I would guess in games, if you measured speed of pucks in games, you would you might get 110 miles an hour. So with the W, the World Hockey Association, they they had like Gordy Howe. Gordy Howe played in the WHA. Um, you know, they, they had, you know, a whole bunch of players and what happened was they started to collapse. And, you know, if you Google it, what ended up going on was four teams from the WHA ended up getting absorbed into the NHL, which is kind of cool. This is how the Edmonton Oilers, who were a World Hockey Association team, became part of the NHL. And this is how Wayne Gretzky came to the league because Wayne Gretzky actually played in the WHA first. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh huh. And I don't, I have to look at this in the stats. I should look at the stats here is I don't know what Wayne Gretzky's, you know, world hockey association stats are because, you know, we've talked about this on thing on episode one is how crazy, uh, his stats are in the NHL, but he played a few years, I believe, or at least a year in the World Hockey Association, which is pretty nuts. So um, the Oilers came over, the New England Whalers, which became the Hartford Whalers, they came over, uh -huh. the Quebec Nordiques, and the Winnipeg Winnipeg Jets came over. So um, the Edmonton Oilers, the only team that stayed the same. Do you know what the New England Whalers, eventually the Hartford Whalers, do you know what team they ended up becoming today? I'm, I'm just going to guess Boston Bruins because that just makes sense geographically, but I'm probably oh. you For the first time, the first time, <laughs> the first time in a long time you have shown uh, hockey. Uh, How new I am? Yeah. Do Call you know... Up. No, it's it's good. It's good. Look, there's no no dumb questions on this on this show. It's all yeah. right. Um, do you know who? Let's 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 zoom out. Who the original six are? Who are the original six 
NHL teams. That's a big deal if you're a fan of an original six team. And I am as a Detroit Red Wings fan, born and raised, but I'm not like one of these Maple Leafs fans. So besides the Red Wings, I've named two of the six. Do you know the other original six teams? So obviously Red Wings and Maple Leafs are there. Wait, I have to ask you really quick. Yeah, yeah. You said, but I'm not like one of these Maple Leafs fans. So what's the deal with Maple Leafs fans? Is there like a a stigma attached to them? Were they, were they, is it all, a little bit too much pride being one of the original six? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, as a, you just don't like them because you grew up not liking them. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I actually don't hate the, I don't hate them. You know, I, I'd be okay if the, if the Maple Leafs did all, did all right. You know, first of all, Austin Matthews, also American. Um, I'm, I'm, I love to see American, you know, hockey players do well. So like, I'd be okay with that. So I, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't trash it, but I've just never like been like, Oh yeah. Original six. And so I'm a Detroit Red Wings fan. I'm a Detroit Red Wings fan because I grew up in Detroit and you know, I love the Red Wings. Um, not because they're an original six team. Although I guess it is kind of cool that they are. Um, <laughs> you sound real to uh, Toronto Maple Leafian just now. <laughs> uh, all right. So, okay. So the, the Red Wings, the Maple Leafs, those yes. are two of the original six. I don't know the other more. four. I don't know the original six. I'm just going to say it now so you can tell me. All right, so the Montreal Canadiens. Uh-huh. That's three. Number four are the Boston Bruins. Mm, Number five cool. is the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, number six is the Tampa Bay Lightning. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Dude, I'm looking at like it got it got so silent there for a second. I was like, "There's no fucking way that's real. It's There's late. no way." No, it's uh, you're you're uh, you're hungover. It's late as hell. Yes. And um, no, the uh, the the six original sixteen, the New York Rangers. The Rangers are so okay. it's the Rangers, the Canadians, the the Blackhawks, the Maple Leafs, the Red Wings, and the Bruins. So those okay. are the original six. So the New England Whalers became the Hartford Whalers, which eventually moved to become the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, okay. The Whalers uh, became the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, and uh, I forgot who it was. Uh, oh, it's a Detroit guy. Detroit guy actually moved the Hurricanes um, from Hartford. The Hartford Whalers were uh, a cool. And you still see – actually, still the NHL shop, you see a lot of throwback um whalers jerseys out there cool ass logo the hartford Dude, i was gonna say cool. the whalers is a badass name like i would way prefer my team to be the whalers and the hurricanes i'm just saying well so the way you know the whalers are like well if you look if you look at the logo as like the kraken they're like oh man fear inducing cool like gnarly beast from the sea the whalers are like there's a whale's tail. Oh, we're kind of like we're whalers. Like we're from That's New England. Like it's, yeah, it's like that's it's that seven, it's that 70s kind of like cheesy, but it's just something about it's it. It's really cool. it. But yeah, but now you look back at it and you're right, and you have like these like retro sweaters that probably just look badass. I'm gonna have to look at some uh, old school whalers gear. Yeah. So, um, you know, then you've got uh, let's go to the Quebec Nordiques. Do you know who the the Quebec Nordiques became? What team that that ended up becoming? Any you know, you know, I don't. Western. It's a it's a Western Conference team. Canucks. Um, nope, nope. You, I think you lived here for a while. Did you live here for a while? In this, did you live in this city? Oh wait, the Avs, the Avalanche. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Yep. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And Quebec, man, they 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 are man. The the Nordiques. Uh, at some point, they could come back. Like Quebec, 
you know, is uh, it's, it's, it's its own world. Like Montreal is its own world. I don't know if you've been to Montreal before. I have not either. I but have not. It's, like, it's actually on my bucket list. It, it's a yeah. really fascinating place. Um, yeah, it's an old, really old city. Interesting, yeah. And they have a really interesting food culture there that I really, really want to explore. I would love to spend some time in Montreal eating and drinking, watch some hockey. Yeah. So like, like, you know, Quebec that they, they could totally defect. And like, there's, there's actually portions of Quebec um uh you know they're most uh, mostly french canadians um mm -hmm. they want to be their own country if you you should google that um so that that they became the colorado avalanche and then the original winnipeg jets the original winnipeg jets are not the winnipeg jets that you know of today mm -hmm. the original winnipeg jets moved from winnipeg and became the ah, the phoenix yeah. coyotes Okay. The Phoenix Coyotes, was, okay, which, you know, then Arizona Coyotes. So, yeah, the team so that the, the Kraken just lost to when they shouldn't have. Got it. Yeah. So, so the the WHA again to kind of throw into the weird you know, conversation about these different leagues and stuff like that actually had a huge impact on what the NHL is today because they did things like you know they they had marquee players and they survived for like six seven years because they had these marquee players. You mm -hmm. know they 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 got Wayne Gretzky. They drafted Wayne Gretzky into the league. They got him. Um, they actually were uh, big on grabbing European players, which is a huge deal. And that's what the the NHL started doing big time in the early 90s. Um, and, you know, that that is now a thing. But, you know, um, the NHL, like in the 80s, was there were not many at all Europeans in the NHL. But then the 90s, um, you know, it started to break wide open, especially with the fall of uh, communism, communist Russia um, and USSR. Um, you know, that kind of opened up the floodgate there. So like the, the world hockey association paved the way for what the NHL is today, especially with the Edmonton Oilers who, you know, is, you know, our, our division rival and all that sort of good stuff. So it's a good read to kind of look into like the history of, you know, the world hockey association and, and who they are. Um, and it's, it's pretty neat. So uh, it is kind of neat to look to at like the history of the teams and where they came from. And um, just like the Seattle Kraken is kind of, will be a, a footnote in history as to how that this team came to, be part of the nhl which is pretty neat so no that's your, cool, uh, the whole time my analogy in my head was like this is when i was a kid and i was watching um wrestling and it was a wwf before they had to change to the wwe right. and yeah. it's like the equivalent of like them having the ecw around and them getting some like of the older wrestlers over in the ecw but also having some younger talent and it kind of also helping to solidify the WWF slash WWE. That makes a lot of sense. That's really cool. And I honestly didn't know any of that stuff. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that didn't know either. Yeah. It was, and it, like another thing is like Gordy Howe played in the um, WHA uh, and he played with his son, Mark Howe, uh, who went to go play with the Detroit Red Wings. But that was kind of a big deal. And I think that's the only time it's ever happened is where uh, father and son played on the same team. Um, what? any professional this is like a Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Sr. situation going on that's freaking awesome yeah yeah exactly it's so like this in, in in hockey which is kind of neat so um yeah so the WHA is pretty sweet so there's so we've talked a lot about how the hell hockey works although I'm kind of coming away from this still not knowing exactly how the farm team system works <laughs> I have a better idea I think it, it, if you can find a sport that you're already familiar with and and try to look at it that way. It makes a lot of sense, but um, I don't know. It's still something that I have to get used to. And it's just, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time to, to get used to that. Just know that the Kraken officially have their uh, equivalent of like a triple a AAA affiliate that will officially be in the AHL starting next season. 
And out of the 32 AHL teams, because every NHL team has one AHL team, 27 of those are located in the United States and five of those located in Canada. And that That's also cool. makes things very confusing because, um, like you said, it, it's not just that there's these minor league affiliates, but they're completely independently ran that are just signing deals. But also it's an international sport. So I don't know. It, I can I can definitely see why it's confusing. But this this definitely gave me some context because I know I've I've read about players and I've read about, you know, so-and-so, like, oh, he was here in high school, and then he played in college here for a year, and then he was in the ECHL for three, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't know what any of this means, but now I'm starting to slowly wrap my mind around it, so I hope that it helps somebody else out too. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's good for you to uh, maybe get with us on Twitter, uh, follow us at KrakenPod um, to talk about this stuff, ask these questions, join the conversation with us as we try to figure out some of this stuff too. Um, that's a really good tweeting going on this week with some really awesome fans of the show and fans of the Kraken. It's starting to become a really cool, fun club. We got like a really awesome Twitter family out there as we're talking to other podcasts and talking to each other, which is really neat. Um, I thought you did an excellent job of tweeting, um, after the Sabres game about the, uh, the gift of, uh, Darlene from the uh, Buffalo Sabres uh, being pissed and whiffing at the, uh, the puck after it went oh, to the open net. Is that? And then he <laughs> yeah. trips on his, I mean, that was just phenomenal. That was a great, uh, great tweet. We had yeah. so many awesome stuff. And then one other thing I, I saw, I wanted to mention really quickly. I thought it was funny is, did, wait, did you get your, did you order your, your turbo Jersey? Did you order it? Is it happening? Is it coming? I ha- Listen, I haven't ordered the Jersey yet. And I'm going to definitely get some, uh, some feedback. I'm, I'm only holding off because, I was very busy doing a bunch of birthday stuff. And also, I thought, and I, I'm sorry if I already mentioned this. You on spent the last your jersey podcast. money? I didn't, on booze? I didn't spend the jersey money, but I think I was so shocked because I didn't realize. So I went into it thinking that it would be like the same price of an NFL jersey. I'm thinking $100. Well, what were you thinking? You th- oh. $100. Mm-hmm. And I pull it up and I'm like, wait, this shit's $270 US dollars before tax? I'm talking like a $300 for a jersey. And I guess I was so shocked by that. I was like, you know what? I'm a. Uh, I can wait a little bit, <laughs> but I'm going to order it and it will be Tanev. I am not wavering on that and I will get the Tanev sweater. And you know what? I think I'm going to go with the home over the away, even though I love, I love the white with the, with the logo. Like it just looks so freaking clean, but I don't know. I, f- I feel like I need to get a home Jersey first. White, white's dangerous. I remember, I'll never forget. I let so Daryl Mauer. I'm eater, man. In high school, I let Daryl Mauer, who was, uh, you know, grew up, you know, um, in Detroit, near Detroit. And yeah. uh, he, he somehow, cause he was that kid who like, he didn't, couldn't be a Red Wings fan. He wanted to, he wanted to be cool. And like, he, he was, so he was a Dallas stars fan. Like, dude, you're from, you're from Detroit. Like me, what are you doing? Uh, but he wanted to go to a Red Wings game against um, Dallas. He did not, he was too chicken shit to wear uh, his Dallas stars jersey there. Cause he thought he, you know, cause we're in high school. Like, like who's going to beat up a high school kid. He's like, I thought I'm, I'm going to get beat up. So he wanted to borrow, he borrowed one of my uh, jerseys. Oh no! Uh, a Red Wings jersey is a home jersey, and that the at the time, the the home team wore white in my uh-huh. NHL that I grew up with. This is not uh-huh. the case anymore. And he got nacho. <laughs> he got nuclear nacho cheese colored cheese all over the, the jersey. Yeah, and it came out. We got it out, but it, it took some bleaching. And I don't know if it was my Igor Larionov jersey, which is like treasured. Um, but it was something like that. So, you know, got to be careful with those white jerseys. So if you're going to go with the, um, you know, the the home jersey, going to go with the 
the the colors, right? The the yeah, you know the 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 awesome blue and all that sort of good stuff. I mean, you know that that's a good thing. So it's gonna hide those stains. Gotta love those dark jerseys because those stains. I mean, it's gonna happen, man. You're gonna spill beer on it. You're gonna spill something. It's gonna get <laughs> you know messed up, especially for almost three hundred dollars. If you're spending on a jersey, you're gonna carry that thing like it's you know the Bible of Jersey. So I get, I totally get that, but I was going to tell you this is home Jersey. It is. I remember I had a football Jersey when I was, so I grew up um, for a while. It was me and my sisters. I ended up having like a half brother, half, um, half sister. But I remember um, at one point, um, I was washing, I was washing my Jersey and my sister had left her lipstick in like one of her, like the pockets of her pants. And I pulled my Jersey out and there was red lipstick streaks all over my football jersey, and I will never forget that moment. So um, I am definitely going to get a tan of jersey. It will be a home jersey, and if it ever gets dirty, which I'm you know, sure it will, I will take it to the fucking dry cleaners because I'm an adult now. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, note, note, internal note to selves is we totally have to chop this part of the podcast up to put into like a tweet or something because – it, we're in over an hour and a half into this podcast, and this is the part of the podcast that I think people actually talk about. Joey is <laughs> they're going to share their jersey stories if they have a jersey. I, this could go viral, so we I will I will this week chop this audio up and we'll use this as a tweet because perfect talking about this. Also, too, you talking about your stepbrother. I think I threw Daryl Mauer under That's the bus. Oh, yes. I, I well, so like the family thing. My stepbrother Jonathan might have been the the. I gotta I gotta get my facts straight. I can't remember if it was Daryl or if it was my stepbrother Jonathan who got cheese all over the jersey. It might have been Jonathan, so I might have to apologize to Daryl Maurer, who will never listen to this podcast. But <laughs> dude, I'm anyway. telling you, you might have just dug up some repressed uh, jersey memories that you might have to sort out with your family. It might get a little weird at the next holiday. I'm excited to hear. Um, what you uncover if it was your stepbrother, if it was your friend who was too chicken shit, like you said, to wear the jersey at the game. You know, he's in high school. No one's gonna go to a freaking hockey game and pick out some fifteen-year-old kid in the stands and punch him in the face. Oh yeah, no, no, dude, that's that's dude, the most ridiculous talk, I've ever heard. We have to talk. Jer- well, let's talk more jerseys next week. We have to talk more jerseys because so I can actually get all of my jerseys out, and I have probably a footnote about each of the jerseys, where they came from, why I have them, and some weird story about that. Oh yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, okay. So we totally need to do that. Anyway, so look, we're we're way into this podcast. I think we've spent a lot of time talking about a lot of intangibles here because, you know, look, the the Kraken they they've got to fix some things, and I really hope they do that. What would be tonight against the Golden Knights? So I'm pumped and ready to watch that. I know you are too. We'll be tweeting like crazy. So tweet with us. Uh, follow us on social media at Kraken Pod. Really, really thank you for if you're listening this far into this podcast. I mean, you are a, a freaking, real one. You are a real one. You are a super fan, <laughs> and we will. Joey will send you uh, his jersey after he buys it for three hundred dollars. He'll just send it to you. Not just happening. ask him. <laughs> if you get this far in the podcast, he will send you his jersey. I swear to God. Okay. So, anyway, all right. At Kraken Pod, follow us on Twitter. Please leave a review for this podcast. You can say it's super fucking long or whatever it is. I don't care. Um, have a great week. Let's go Kraken. Let's get that win and. We are what lies beneath. We will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening.